Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us. Oh, we're so excited. Today we have a fun guest on, Andrea Robinson. And if you're local, that name probably sounds familiar because she was the morning host on Fox 10 News um, every morning for, what, 12 years was it? It was almost 15 years. 15. Oh, Which my gosh. Which makes me feel old. Wow. <laughs> like, to stay in something that long. Yeah. And it was up until you said a year ago you Yeah. It, it actually, we're coming up on a, on a year. Wow. Um, Post-TV news career. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. I, I started when I was 12. No. I was going to say. No. No, 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 no. I started, actually, as an intern. And, okay. Um, and... Who knows how, why, but it was all supposed to be, um, it worked into eventually a full-time job. It wasn't like that glamorous in the beginning, but it slowly wow. got to, to be that. Did you know that, that no, you wanted to do that? I didn't. Well, you know, looking back when I was like younger, I would put on like TV news shows yeah. in my bedroom <laughs> and I fondly remember slumber parties with my um, sweet Nana and we'd wake up in the morning and she'd have, we, we'd have coffee together. Mine was, you know, like milk with a splash of coffee yeah. and um, we'd have a newspaper out and I couldn't read, but I would always have like that. I did morning announcements in high school, you know, for okay. the, the school. And so looking back, like, I think it was always, I loved, I loved people. Mm -hmm. I still love people. And, um, I love talking. Yeah. And so, you <laughs> know, those things. So, but I was, I was a senior at ASU and we had to do an internship. And oh, so okay. I had done um, my internship at the station. And of course, everybody there is like, sweetie, don't expect this to turn into anything, mm -hmm. you know? And anytime someone says like, don't expect, or that can't be done, I'm kind of like, mm, okay, watch me. Well, yeah. just, <laughs> just I'll show you. Let's just try. And they needed a traffic reporter. And I had lived here all my life. Like, I'm a native, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't know north, south, east. I didn't know anything. <laughs> like, north was always in front of me. Yeah. But the morning show anchors at the time were wonderful people. Like, truly wanted, mm -hmm. I think, me to try and, and maybe grow. And so they kind of pulled me aside and said, you really should do this. You should audition. Which, that's not really how you go about getting a TV job, auditioning. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it was. Huh. And so I did this audition. And I was awful. Like, horrible. <laughs> And somehow I got this job. Hmm. Now I was the traffic reporter on the morning show, but it was like three hours a day. So it wasn't like full time. Mm -hmm. It was not glamorous. I made $10 an hour. Wow. And I didn't um, full time work for the station. I was kind of like subcontracted mm -hmm. through a different company. Um, but sure enough, one thing led to another. And after about two years of that, it led into a full time reporter position for the morning show and then that slowly evolved in 2010 I became the co-host for the morning show and wow. then I was there up until 2018 September of last year wow yeah and I just feel like every time I watch morning star hosts I think they must have the craziest life to wake up that early and get ready and have to be like every single day you have to be Hair done, makeup done, outfit ready to go. What was that like having to go through that every? What time did you wake up in the morning? Two thirty. Two thirty. Monday through Friday. Oh my God. But in and even now, like a year out of it, I'm like, how did I wake up? How? At two? <laughs> I, with, like with anything, right? Like doesn't matter. Whatever schedule you have, you quickly adopt to it, yeah. and you adapt, and it just becomes life. So two thirty to some people, and even now to me, I'm like, what? What was I? No wonder mm -hmm. I was like 
barely surviving. Yeah. But you just get in a routine and it just becomes second nature. Like that's all we knew. That's all my kids knew. I mean, I started that career before I was married, yeah. before I had kids. And so we were just used to it. Um, but yeah, you, I, I also have to say that like getting up at that time of the morning, it's not like I had to get up and get kids ready and get them out the door and get True. myself ready. True. So selfishly, it wasn't that part of it wasn't hard because they were sleeping. I just had mm-hmm. to take care of myself and get myself out the door. Yeah. Um, and it was a beautiful, wonderful, amazing career. But like with anything, you know, after you do something for so long, I got to a point a couple of years ago and my heart like just started changing. Like feelings and emotions came into me. I felt like I was missing out on everything with my mm-hmm. kids. There's something beautiful about waking up with your kids every morning and I craved Saturday and yeah. Sunday because I'm like, I don't even know what they're like when they wake up because yeah. I'm not there. Oh. I don't, I wanted that mundane, like horrible part of the schedule because so many moms are like, you don't want to take your kid to school. I mean, they're, they're little hellions in the <laughs> And I'm like, but I do want that because I don't have that and we often, you know, won't yep. be what we can't kind have. Kind of makes you appreciate it now, I bet. Yeah. Totally. And so, you know, just things got hard at work that were never hard before. And it was had nothing to do with anybody there but yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. And so I just started listening and sort of really honoring what was happening inside of me. And I had to work through a lot of stuff. I always say a good therapist goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just realized that it was God like trying to wake me up and say, I need you to move. Mm-hmm. I need you to move on to the next thing and you just need to trust me. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really hard for you know type A control freaks like myself. <laughs> Um, which I think a lot of people can attempt, like can can say, yeah, that's me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just had to trust that it is okay to move from things that you were once familiar with. It's okay to change. Yep. And I look back, I mean, our story eight years ago, we were sitting in $52,000 worth of debt. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have the opportunity eight years ago to say yes or no to a job. It was like yes to the job because that that's what kept us yeah. afloat, yeah. right? And and kept us surviving, not thriving, but surviving. And so we worked through all of that. And I'm like, well, God brought us through all of that to get us to a point where we had the ability and the opportunity to say, okay, yes or no. Mm -hmm. And we were at least we're at a place financially that if I left, we wouldn't crumble. Mm -hmm. And so that made it a little easier to make that decision. But, you know, moving away from something that was once your identity yeah. You know, I think as as moms and women, and no matter where we are, like, we hate to say that our identity is found in that, but it doesn't matter what you're doing. Working from home, working at home, working outside the home, staying home, whatever it is, like, our identity is often found in the stuff we do day to day. And so when you move from that, you're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Am I still going to be someone? Is there still purpose for me? And so that shift and that just, um, that that place was really hard. And I'm still learning, you know, one year later that the the decision was a great one. Um, I haven't, I haven't, you know, completely crumbled. Uh, we've had days, but um, moving away from it probably has been the best next step for this new season that I could have ever made. Did yeah. you have a plan for when you left? Were you just kind of like, I'm just going to wing it, or I'm going to stay home? Or what was your plan? Um, I didn't have a, a big plan. And it normally, like, I always feel like I have to have a plan. I just knew that if I said yes to staying for another contract, it would be another three to five years. Ooh. And getting out of that would not be possible. Mm. And so it really was, my contract was up. That's why the decision had to be that made. Yeah. Um, 
and so it forced me to decide and it, I knew that if I didn't if I didn't make that decision yes or no I just had to be okay with another three years of of that those feelings and perhaps they could get worse you know and I could become more you know upset and less enthusiastic and all of those things and that fear of missing out would grow greater mm -hmm. um, so I didn't have a plan but my husband's really good at not letting me sit too long and only because he knows me not because he felt like I had to do something mm -hmm. and so so many nights when we would just like write out okay okay this is what will happen if I leave this is what we'll gain this is what we'll lose and we just worked through that day after day after day and so then once I found um, the courage to just own the decision mm -hmm. and move forward with it um, and the excitement of what's ahead of not knowing I, I instead of fearing it I just turned it into excitement as much as I could and again that lied in in trusting mm -hmm. trusting that God's gonna keep walking with us like mm -hmm. one way or another something things are gonna open up he closed all these doors by putting those feelings in my heart not because he was like sorry done with you yeah. like your purpose is over it was that I'm gonna move you into another season and you're not gonna see it yet but I'm gonna promise it's gonna be okay and so one of the nights that Chris and I sat and talked of like you know what what would I want to do I had this beautiful community of people that have literally like watched me grow up yeah in this career and get mm -hmm. married you know, have babies and all of that and um, they were loving and wonderful and so many of them were women mm -hmm. you know they allowed me into their homes every single morning in during a precious time of most people's mornings right mm -hmm. like getting your family ready and what you turn on in the morning is it's a it's a big deal right mm -hmm. like your kids you're feeding yourself something and so it was always such a responsibility I held to the highest degree that they allowed us to be a part of that we had coffee together in the mm -hmm. morning we tried to make um, the world feel less chaotic by smiling and, yeah. and bringing some warmth to their day before it started and so this community that I had built I knew that there was more to do with them part of my sort of working through those two years of heavy emotions was therapy and journaling mm -hmm. and I wasn't a fan of journaling at first in fact I had a friend that gave me a journal and I was just like oh that's cute <laughs> thank you <laughs> I wake up too early for that yeah. <laughs> And because I always say my husband's a better person, he's more human, uh, a better human, and, and just better all around. There was one morning I was off work, and I had come downstairs, and he was, like, doing this, like, morning routine. I was mm -hmm. like, what in the heck? He had this, like, awful bathrobe. It was just, like, <laughs> he's sitting there, and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's, like, part of my morning routine. I journal. I didn't know what he did in the morning. Oh, I was yeah. never there, right? Yeah. So he said, I mean, you could do this, too. And I said, I can't I'm, I'm like get up at 2 30 like I don't have time for mm -hmm. this um, but of course I didn't want him to get better without me <laughs> so that very next morning is, is when I had started I picked up that journal that my dear friend had given me and I started working through it so fast forward to this conversation we're having and he's talking about you know the things I'm passionate about and um, I'm passionate about you know I, I finally stepped out of this race of busy this race of perfection leaving something that was familiar to me something that many people's probably still look at and say what why would you do that mm -hmm. and I had to because it was exhausting me and I needed I needed to do that for my own self but by doing that I realized so many other people were like wow like it is possible mm -hmm. to move away from keeping up this facade of perfection that you have it all together that you can do all the things yeah 
And so he's like, you know, journaling is such a big part of that. Like, why, why couldn't you make a journal? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you? So my, my kind of efforts went into creating, you know, the You Do You Journal. And from that point, we've just built this sisterhood, this community of women that. that are using this tool, this simple, simple tool, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's simple. Mm-hmm. You open it up, you follow the questions, but it gives women a step towards confidence that they've lost along the way, right? Like we try to be all the things, we try to keep up this facade of like, I'm the best at everything, I'm the best wife, best mom, and we're comparing ourselves to everybody that we scroll on social media. And through that, we feel completely less than, right? And we don't feel like we have any bit of worth. And so the idea is through some simple intention setting, gratitude being the focus of the day, and building that reaffirming love for yourself once again which we I think many of us I know I did for several years I've lost I lost it yeah and building that back up through this we we bring women towards the confidence that they once had that they've lost and we do it with this community of women coming up alongside and saying like you're so not alone and actually what you're Mm -hmm. saying is exactly what I'm going through we love that that's what we're all about like, that's what we are literally all about as Mom Worthy. And that's what I love about you guys mm-hmm. because there's not enough women out there saying, like, you can still be a great mom and love your kids, but you can yell at them, yep. right? <laughs> and you can get pissed off at your husband. Yep. And mm-hmm. you don't have to have abs. Yep. Like, you don't have to, like, you can have all the great intentions to be healthy and some days you just, it's going to be pizza and ice cream. Yep. Yep. And it's okay. And there's just not enough of us willing like yourself, to put yourself out there and just share it and share your honest hearts. And what we find when you do that, right, is women that come up to you and say, thank you. Like they need you to do that. They need you here saying that. And I didn't realize that impact it would have before we did this. Like Brittany was the champion. She's always been trying to convince me to do this. And I finally gave in. And it's been so rewarding for me because I had no idea – what a need there was until I did it and the messages that we get all the time. Yeah. I mean, we do get some people that don't like the bluntness of it all. Yeah. There's always going to be those. There's always, always going to be that, yeah. but way more often than not, it's moms and women thanking us for yeah. just being honest. Yeah, putting it out there that, you know, moms have postpartum depression yeah. and anxiety mm-hmm. or have other issues and we put it out there on the podcast and they're like, wow, thank you. I'm not alone. I kind of felt crazy. And yeah. They do. They and, and that's the thing is think about all the women that sit there with those thoughts mm-hmm. and they're like, and it, I think it's so heightened now, right? Because social media is such a, a second part of our life, which it's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. Like I, I do, I love the way we can connect, but the, the flip side of it is it's really hard as a mom, as yeah. a woman, yes. um, to live your life and not compare yourself with all the other ones and all the pretty things and all the like perfect kids and the perfect family and like sometimes I look at that I'm like please tell me please tell me that your house is a mess sometimes (laughs) please tell me there's dishes in the sink please tell me that you lost your you know what on your kids Mm -hmm. yes but you still love them like more than anything like You'd give your last breath for that. Yeah. Yeah. But you're allowed to still feel like that. Yes. And you're allowed to have a baby and 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 still feel depression and yeah. it happens. But they need you guys, you ladies, to say it's okay. Yeah. We always talk about how we kinda of lost the village along the way, you know, nowadays. It's like I saw me another day, it said, 
say goodbye to your real friends once you become a mom and say hello to your internet friends because you really connect with people on the internet more than you do a lot of times with the people around you. It's so So, true. That's what we're taking advantage of, the fact that we have this platform and we're going to try to help other moms. There's so many. Like, how do you make mom friends? I don't have mom friends. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if it's virtual, we'll be your friend. Absolutely. (laughs) And I think that that's what women crave so much. They want real connection and real friendship. And in person, sometimes they they don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so to create a community where women feel safe enough to come to you to say those things or to you know, give you gratitude for what you're doing. I mean, that's reaffirming what you're doing is is absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are giving something to women that they don't have. Yeah. Um, so I like that you have this though. It's like almost something you guys can talk about, about together. Even. Just have something in common and common ground. Like, oh, we're gonna do this journal together every day. Well, and so much of it is like we all are walking a journey, right? And like your path may look a little different than mine. But inside, what I found with um, this squad, we call it the U to U squad. Um, (laughs) What I found is our internal struggles are often the same. We are so much more alike than we are different. And when we just start sharing our heart, and I get it, it's really scary, right? It's scary to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. right? When you put yourself out there, and you know this, Mm -hmm. you put yourself out there every day. Um, and you are going to have the ones that still put up the front and are like, you know, yeah. I don't like this. I don't like what you're about. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. That's yep. totally yep. fine. But you're going to have way more people that you've just given permission. And that's what I found is the minute I share a struggle, there are so many people that come up and like raise their hand and they're like, oh, you just said exactly what my mind mm-hmm. yeah. has been thinking, my heart's been dealing with. And so... You know, not everybody wants to go out there and build a business. Not everybody wants to, but everybody needs to be seen. Everybody wants to be heard. And every woman wants to feel like they are not alone. I don't want to buy into society's standard anymore Mm -hmm. of what women are. That they're jealous and catty and envious and competitive. And it doesn't have to be like that. But in order to change it, we all have to show up differently. And we all have to be like... Sister, go! Mm-hmm. Yes! Like, I mean, I have women in this group that, like, again, everyone's journey is unique. Some women can't get, can't leave their house because their anxiety and yeah. depression is so bad. And then there's a woman, you know, she's running her first marathon. So our journeys are unique, but we don't feel supported. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've lost, some of us have never had a front row friendship. You know, some of us have never felt that. So like you said, your internet friends have become like your front row. But in order for women to grow and love other women the way like we're intended to, it's it's got to start with themselves. Yep. And they have to come back to themselves. And Which is hard. Once you become a mom, a lot yes. of it's what you identify as. You're exactly. a mom. You and lose yourself. So many you people lose talk yourself. about that. Yeah. Don't know who you are anymore. Yep. You don't make time for yourself. No. And you really truly have to love yourself to love other people or 100%. else your unhappiness is going to show through yep. to them. And you, you know that. Like mm-hmm. you've probably felt that with other women, like any sort of resistance from other women. Yeah. Like, And you look and you're like, if you only did a little bit of heart work. Yeah. Yeah. And, I've, and I've seen it myself. Me too. Uh, I've been the I've, jealous I've girl. I've been there. Yep. I've been the, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and so you can recognize it yeah. even more. But when you get to the other side of it, doesn't it, it feels so much better. It feels better. You it, feel better about yourself inside and you, you don't know it until you do it. Yep. 
I don't know. This has been great for us too. This is almost like a therapy for me. Yeah, it's like it's a nice. every Saturday. It's like our therapy session. It's you so know? true. We let it out. And we just are honest. And... It's so true, but it requires. I mean, this requires a level of vulnerability yeah. and courage. Um, that when you do this and you have these conversations with other, you know, guests, it it, it gives other women the ability to be like, okay, if they can do it, I, I can be. I can be courage in my own right. Especially you, I love because. You on TV every morning, and people probably think you are perfect. Your life must be perfect. You're looking gorgeous every day, out every morning with a smile on your face. But then to come on like social media and yeah. say, "No, this is not how it is." I yeah. struggle too. And I will say that I probably in that. most of my career, it did feel like. I mean, I ran. I always say I ran a race of perfection. And you know what happens when you run a race of perfection? You never get to the destination because mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. The the way my, I mean, my, it was just a job, right? Like, I just went to a different, I, I just, my job was on TV, right? Yeah. But it was still just a job. And I still struggle big time inside. And mm-hmm. if sometimes I, I, I set these expectations and standards for myself that could never be met. The way I looked on the outside, and it just was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave that. I'm almost fully leave that. To realize, like, my worth isn't found in the way my body looks or the way I look on the outside or the abs that I do or don't have, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not found in any of that. But I probably could never have felt courage and bravery to, like, say all these things out loud, still living in that, that realm yeah. of life, life and that season and that career. Um, and it wasn't until I came out of it and so often, like, being in TV, you know, you're subjected to all the opinions of all mm-hmm. the people, just like what you do. Yeah. Like, you have this large, large platform. You are going to get the naysayers, mm-hmm. and they are going to sound louder than your loving community that supports you no matter what. And so, so much of, I think, you know, that that whole season of learning, I mean, almost 15 years, was realizing, again, these people that are coming out, they don't, they don't love themselves, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I get that more than ever now. Um, but it, it's a hard pill to swallow and it's hard yeah. to see that in people. And I, I just always try to approach them as like, okay, they're hurt. They've got something going on. It has nothing to do with me, but it does wear on you. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't care how strong or how thick skinned you are. Like eventually those things, they, they sit in your heart sometimes. Yeah. And I know towards the, that sort of last two years of of all of these feelings, like those naysayers and the people that came at me, their words hurt more than they had ever before. And I think, again, it was just God saying, okay, I'm giving you all this, making you feel Mm -hmm. this because I need you to move. Um, But I think all of us deal with the opinions of others and no matter what platform you sit on, right? Like it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing with job, you know, stay home, work at home, whatever it might be. Like you are subjected to other people's Mm -hmm. opinions and it isn't until you get to that place of true confidence in where you are and where you're going and the decisions that you're making for you and your family. Mm -hmm. And that's all that matters, but it's hard. Yeah. I remember, um, like in the past having those situations where I wanted everybody to like me and if they didn't, it drove me insane. I thought, I could win every single person over eventually. I and so I put so much effort 
into them liking me. Yep. Which is, I know you're like that because I'm like the opposite. I don't care. I know. <laughs> and I'm Which like. Which is a great complimentary <laughs> friendship to have. I know. And I like convince people to like her. Like I take it on for me as well. <laughs> it's true. It's fine. And I remember like I don't, at least a few years ago now when the shift changed in me and I, I accepted like not everybody's going to like me. I'm yeah. not everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And that is fine. And it was freeing to know that's fine. I, I always say I am a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> because, and I feel like we can identify together, right? Yeah. And I was right with you. I, you know, I never had trouble making friends, mm-hmm. but I tried to make friends with all the people and it exhausts you, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Because what you realize is not all those people are going to be genuine back to you yeah. and they're going to hurt you along the way yeah. and you're going to spend all of the energy that you do have just trying to like really stay afloat and in everybody's like love, liking yeah. and, and you lose out on true friendships, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? And so I think like, I think as extra... I, I would imagine you're an extrovert because if you can be... <laughs> I'm actually can, not. Really? Because uh, well, if you can... I mean, making friends and wanting everybody to like you often is like, I can go up and talk to them and I'm going to win them all over. And then at the end of that, when you get to that mm-hmm. shift, you're like, oh, this is this is not actually... This is not how it works. Yeah. So I'm an extrovert in a sense of I can talk to people. Yes. I, I'm, an, I'm a recruiter. So I, yeah. I all day long, I'm talking and hiring people is my job. You know what yes. I mean? So I, I have to put on a front every day and happy and I have to make sure that they're comfortable and you know so in that sense I can do it I'm an extrovert but when I was in a psychology class recently they taught us the true definition of introvert versus extrovert uh-huh. so an extrovert gains energy from talking to people yeah. and it's very energizing to them they love it they need it to refuel their bucket mm-hmm. whereas an introvert is the opposite they it's like draining this draining for them yes. to be around all those people and to manage that so for me, it's draining. I'm mm-hmm. an, I'm empathic. I take on everybody's emotions, mm-hmm. and by the end of the day, you have nothing. I have nothing. I need to be by myself to recharge. Mm-hmm. So, in that sense, I'm definitely an introvert. But I can put on the extrovert yeah. face. People at work don't believe me when I say I like need my alone time. Yes. Like, yeah. No, that's not true. Yeah. I totally <laughs> get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I think that once you make the shift from wanting to please everybody and wanting to be liked and I think the hardest part was like the people that I poured so much into and then our friendship dwindled Mm -hmm. it was like oh and then I took it on as like what did I do wrong why Mm -hmm. is it what what happened and it just always got me to a place of feeling stuck and I'm like I can't live for them anymore Mm -hmm. and I I mean it's easy to say like oh don't care about other people's opinions but we're human and we still have Mm -hmm. to um realize that we're going to feel that sometimes yeah. but the farther you move away from that and the people that you pour into that I was called the front I was a the best analogy my therapist ever gave me was like think of your life as a theater an arena and the front row you're you're the stage right mm-hmm. you're standing on the stage and that front row small and because those people have earned those those tickets into your life. Yeah. And they have earned it in, in more ways than one. Those are really expensive seats. Not everybody gets to, to sit there. Yeah. Only the people that are fully deserving mm-hmm. of it. I like that. And I realized, okay, like we I can still be nice and kind to people. Yeah. I just don't have to overly please them if they're up in the nosebleeds. Like our nature is we, we want to be kind. We want yeah. to be nice, right? But like for me to go out of my way just to please the the girl way up at the yeah. top, 
who can just see me from afar and she doesn't actually really know what I'm dealing with, yep. then she's not going to get the same sort of interaction that my front row people yeah. will get. And those front row people likely over time change too. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. Um, but I'm going to I'm gonna show up really, really well for those people. And I am going to probably have to please them sometimes. But in turn, because they're front row, I'm going to be reciprocated. Yeah. And once I learned that and realized, like, the girl up in the nosebleed, like, she's going to think what she wants, right? Because she only sees me from a distance. Yeah. It's like the girl, they only saw me on TV. They didn't really yeah. know me. And so she can think whatever she wants to yeah. think, you know. She doesn't have to sit up there. She could just leave the arena. Yeah. But I love that analogy. It's it really, really and I always bring my mind back mm-hmm. to that place when I start to struggle again in a friendship or a relationship, yeah. and and realize no, these these people in the front row have earned that, and eventually, if they don't, if they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, then that's when we, you know, they change. You do the work, and and that. That seat is taken over by somebody else that maybe has poured into you a lot more and and is giving you more than than others. Yeah, I like how you mentioned though you can still be kind and nice yes, to everybody. You can, you know, still like you don't. It's okay to have your close friends that are the people that you go to for everything yes. and still be nice to everybody else. Absolutely, <laughs> and I think that's what we we kind of forget that mm-hmm. like okay, I'm not, I can't please all the people. They're still going to have an opinion of me, but I'm just still going to be nice, mm-hmm. right? But I don't have to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. And that was me. I was always. Um, like I remember when my son just started kindergarten and I remember, I mean, this is like, again, trying to say yes to mm-hmm. everything. I, I would get, you know, the, the notes from school. Hey, can you bring this many cupcakes? Right? It's like, I did not want to do that, but I would say yes, because what would the other moms think? Mm-hmm. Oh, she works. And she goes, I mean, she mm-hmm. cares more about her job. So of course, like she's not going to be at the class party. And it was, it was reaffirmed sometimes. I don't think all women are like that, but it was reaffirmed sometimes. I remember sitting at school pickup and I t- typically didn't get to pick them up for him up from school, but I was there one day and we were, um, we were taking little chickens home to, to babysit a little And one of the moms was there and I didn't know her. And again, I'm never there for drop off or anything. And she was like, Oh, what are you, what are you doing here? And I was like, uh, picking up my kid, my, my son. And she's like, Oh, well you're never here. And you know, it's like, Oh, sting, you know, <laughs> sister. No, like yeah. I'm, I'm doing the best I can right now. And me choosing this job doesn't mean I'm choosing this job over my kid. And that's painful for you. It's It's a struggle for you. And it was, again, Mm -hmm. why I fed into, I have to say yes, right? I have to overprove that I'm a good mom, even though I'm going to work at this odd hour and I have this job that's maybe a little less typical than some. And and it wasn't until, again, I sat with my therapist over and over and she was like, but why? Mm -hmm. Like, why, why? I mean... Really, they're either not thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you, which is likely the case. Like mm-hmm. we tend to, my husband's always like, um, you're just, you're just giving yourself a little too much. Like maybe maybe <laughs> they're not though, thinking about you at all. Every day people, you probably assume yeah. they must know who I am. Yes, like, and I they, get they, that. They're, and yeah. they're judging me, right? Yeah. And he's like, maybe they're not. And then, you know, like my therapist would say, well, and if they are, 
doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Are they the ones that are sitting front row in your life? And I'm like, no, they're not. She's like, and what if you said no to bringing two dozen cupcakes to the class? Like, Mm -hmm. what would happen? Yeah. I said, I have nothing. She goes, and and maybe they would talk about you, but maybe they won't. And so I just had to get to the point of like, if they do, they do. They're they're not sitting right there. They're up here, and that's okay. I can still be kind and nice and, and wish and pray that they find whatever they need to find to not judge yeah. you know but I've been that person too yep. so yeah. I can I can be self-aware enough to know like ew it feels awful yeah. and when I judged when I was jealous when I was competitive when yeah. I was the girl that I don't want to I mean it it, it was bad yeah. it was because I didn't feel any value for myself yeah. mm-hmm. and we're human and we're human yeah, we always say you know like we gotta stop the judgment and stuff but of course sometimes you see someone doing something differently like, than you and you're like hmm you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I still yes, struggle with it. Oh, me too. Me and it, too. But the thing is, is you're self-aware of it. Yes. You know, and, and you, you mentally check yourself. Yes. And you're like, ooh, yes. Sam, I didn't like that. Yep. Exactly. And you don't got to say anything. Yes. But you're at a point where you can be self-aware. Yeah. And I think that all of us are capable of that, but being self-aware and self-reflecting is looking at yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror and being like, ooh. Yeah. I, I mean, I could work on I, There's some stuff inside yeah. of me. Like, maybe it is partly because of me. Maybe my friendships suffer because I am the friend that is jealous and competitive yeah. and the one that doesn't love myself enough to to be able to like look at her and wish her well and cheer her yeah. on and support her. And when they get to that point, if they do, because I know, and like you just said, mm-hmm. like when you get to that point, it feels good. Like you can still make mistakes. You mm-hmm. can still get to the point of like, oh, I had a little twinge of jealousy. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, okay, I'm triggered. Yeah. Why am I triggered? Okay. No, they're not doing anything that's affecting me. In fact, they're doing great things. And I'm just mad because maybe I'm not where I want to be right now. Yeah. And so now I'm looking at them like, Look at her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has nothing to do with her. Yeah. Everything has every, I mean, everything has to do with me mm-hmm. and ourself more than it does with somebody else. Yep. And Most that, of the time. And that ties back to your journal as yes. well. Because your journal, the questions within it that you have to ask yourself and answer every single day are going to show you self-love. Yep. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make you feel good. And women, I think, sometimes are told not to praise themselves yeah. when when they should be doing the opposite. They sh- you should feel okay and and validated to praise yourself and reward yourself when you you do a good job when you do something that shows you're a great mom, show you a great wife, a, a great worker, you know whatever it is. Like be proud of yourself and I think that your journal helps them build that habit. It it build it's building a habit. And how do we build a habit? We have to do something consistently yep. over and over and over again. In the very end um it's, it's affirmations for yourself. What do I love about myself? It's the hardest question most women have. And I think you're right. Like we are wired to think, oh, that's arrogant if mm-hmm. we love something about ourselves. When in confidence and arrogance are two totally yes. different mm-hmm. things, right? You can be confident yet still know, okay, I'm not the best person of all, right? Yeah. But you can also say, I'm a really good mom. Yeah. And the affirmation part of it was the hardest for me. So in the beginning, and through this, I always say this, like, two-year of really, like, transformation and moving away from an old mindset to a new mindset, I didn't love a lot of things about myself. I didn't believe, like, yeah, you can get fed that from people on the outside, but if you don't believe it, like, yeah. thanks, okay, and then you still feel awful about yourself. Yeah. So I would write things. In my mind, I thought, we train up children, our kids, right? Mm-hmm. We we feed them 
and it works the opposite. If a, a child is raised in a really awful home, they're fed negative, mm-hmm. you know, yep. self-talk and all of that, and you're nothing and you're not worthy. But when, you know, as we're raising kids, we're affirming them. You know, awesome job on that test. Like, you are so, you're so smart. Yeah. You're so capable. And, oh, you did great in the game and you ran so fast. And I love the effort. Like, we're building them up. Yeah. So eventually their mindset is like, I believe this about myself. Yeah. So I thought if, if we do that with our kids, well, it would work for us. It's just going to take a little longer because our brains have been trained yeah. to think, Whatever the truth that was fed to us, and maybe we, we were raised in a wonderful home, but maybe along the way we fed into what the kids in school said about us yep. or the remarks that we got from you know people on the outside and their opinions became yep. our truth. So I thought, well, it's going to take a little longer to sort of get through the cobby webs up in my mm-hmm. brain of the, the non-truths. And so I would just write the same, in most days I'd write the same thing because I wanted to believe I was a good mom. I wanted to believe I'm a great friend. I wanted to look at myself and I am proud of you. So I'd write those things Mm -hmm. and not fully believing them. But when you write something out long enough, just like when you affirm a child over and over again, they believe that. Yeah. And it works. You rise to the occasion. It truly, you start looking at just the good Mm -hmm. and you start training your mind to go positive versus negative and it takes a while it's like going to the gym you're not going to walk into a gym yeah. and say oh all of a sudden I've got biceps like <laughs> no it takes time yeah. and you training and and it's gonna you're gonna be pushed with resistance and all of those things but the consistency part of it showing up every morning five minutes to yourself to sit before you start mm-hmm. pouring into everybody else yeah. it matters it takes me back, so I have a passion for psychology, and I've mentioned this before on another podcast, but <clears throat> it's really relevant right now. How your brain works, too, is like um, like a snow on the ground, right? If you think, like you bring your sled or your thoughts through one area, it creates a pathway, and the more and more you do it, the it's more and more so it's used, true. and it becomes like the easy path to take, and it can sometimes be harder to veer off that path because there's these marks in the, in the road, yes. right? But at first, like what you're doing and, and providing that positive, you know, self-talk for yourself, it's hard because you're going off that path and trying to form a new path. So it's uncomfortable, it's hard, um, but the more and more you do it, that becomes the worn path and then it's harder to think negative about yourself because that path is the uncomfortable path now. A hundred percent. And so it's, it's psychology, it's simple psychology. Like what you're doing is truly changing the, brain, the way your brain works and it's possible and I think that a lot of people, if they understood that's how their brain worked and be intentional in the fact of providing that positive feedback, it'll eventually become real. Real. And where, when you don't start your day like this or yeah. when you don't sit in this attitude, the other feels too off, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now, so many women are just used to negative self-talk mm-hmm. and victim mentality and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's easy because that yeah. feels comfortable. So this is going to feel hard yeah. and almost not possible. And I have some women say, but the questions, like they're the same every day. I'm like, I know. It's, that's that's <laughs> the point. <Yeah. laughs> we are instilling a new habit. And I don't care if for a week your answers are the same. The point is you're putting intention behind mm-hmm. your day. You're telling yourself, you know, one of the questions is, how will I treat my body kindly? From the girl here that, you know, has has sat in 
body image issues since she was 14 years old. You know, I can, I can clearly mark the day that some kid in PE class shifted the way I thought about mm-hmm. myself and the way I looked, right? And I was always chasing like, oh, I have to be perfect in this way of eating and measure this and I have to go to the gym this many days and I have to do this or I'm going to be fat mm-hmm. and all of this. Well, that's not treating my body kindly. So as I shifted from that mentality, treating my body kindly might just be waking up and I'm going to write down that I'm going to drink this amount of water and I'm going to write down that I'm going to add a vegetable to this meal and I'm going to move for 30 minutes. It might not be, you know, fabulous and like Mm -hmm. a a wonderful, like at the gym, perfect workout, but it's going to, it's going to be good, Mm -hmm. right? It's going to. And so I remind them we are telling ourselves we're going to do something. There's so much power about waking up and creating a plan Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, I told myself I was going to do this and then I did it. I mean, talk about a new layer of confidence every day you're adding to your life because you just told yourself you were going to do something and it might be the same thing every day, but we don't look at waking up and brushing our teeth like, oh, it's so repetitive. Well, you have to. You just think about it. You just do it. And that's what the goal of this is like you get your mind shifted towards this attitude of gratitude every Mm -hmm. day, this attitude of intention, this attitude of like, I can tell myself I can, I can do these three. uh, One of it is, you know, I'm going to do these three things today. How will I accomplish it? Okay. Well, we're not going to do 33 things today because that never is accomplished, but we know we can put three things down. And the the beauty of that is, yeah, most of us could do more than three things. And those are going to be relative to you and your journey. But when you accomplish them, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I'm a rock star. Like, <laughs> yeah. I did it. Yeah. And you do that day in and day out, and you don't see the progress in the immediate. But when you take a step back, you're like, wow, you know, 90 days in, and then all of a sudden, six months of doing this, and a year of doing this, like where you were and where you are, and then you look at progress, yeah. it's pretty exponential. Yeah. I think it'd be interesting too after three, six, twelve months to go back and read beginning oh, yeah. entries yes. to see how much they've changed. Because I'm sure at the time, like you can't imagine how far you'll grow, but you'll be able to remember and reflect on the growth. Exactly. And I tell the women all the time, like in the beginning, you know, when you ask yourself, what are you grateful for? It's all of us, of course, we wake up, especially if we're healthy, if we mm-hmm. woke up, we have kids that are healthy. Like those are the big things, mm-hmm. right? Those are big, big things. But I challenge them every day. If you feel like you're writing the same thing every day, look for the littlest things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm grateful because today I woke up and it wasn't 105 degrees and I had a cup of coffee, yep. you know? And so it may seem so little, but we know that every season of our life is not guaranteed to be roses and butterflies. And I'm not dismissing that, like, by doing this, like, life is going to be grandiose and, you know, white picket fences. Like, we know that, like, we will be stuck in a valley at some point in time. And maybe we're coming out of the valley. Maybe we're starting to climb up the mountain. Maybe we're at the top and we're like, okay, we know that the top isn't always for forever. There is something that will shake us. So if you can learn to every day, even when you're at the top of the mountain, or you're climbing the hill or you're stuck in the valley to find little, 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 little things to be grateful mm-hmm. for. When something rocks your life, when a traumatic event happens or you're dealing with it with your kids or whatever it might be, you have already trained your brain that like, cause if the big thing gets rocked, like yeah. something happens with your kids or Ugh. something happens with your health, you are going to have to find something good every day or you will sit in mm-hmm 
an attitude that will never bring you out of that. Mm -hmm. And so I always tell them little things, the little things are the biggest things because then when you go through something, your brain is already going to be wired to think, okay, I'm going through something right now. I'm stuck in a valley and I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. But you know what? Today I got to wake up or today my coffee was wonderful or or somebody bought it for me in the line at the at the coffee shop or whatever it might yeah. be and it feels like okay I can keep moving forward yeah most people if not all have struggled with mental illness will struggle with mental yes. illness whether they've recognized it or they not have or they might not have recognized it themselves but I think it's really good that we're having this conversation because one it's taking down the veil mm-hmm. you know like you talk about going to counseling you know yeah. and and from afar, your life might look perfect. So it's nice to hear that that's something that you've done and, and that helped you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that will encourage other women and other people to, to do, take that step as well. So one, it just takes down that veil of, of mental illness being like an okay thing, a normal thing, a natural thing. And then two, it's giving a tool to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some people aren't ready to go to counseling, you know, or are not ready to talk about it out loud. And this is a tool that can kind of start that conversation internally for them, which I love. Exactly. And I think we overthink everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, right? I mm-hmm. think we forget that sometimes the simplest things end up being the things that transform our life. And something as simple as, you know, if it's not this journal, just opening up a notebook that's yeah. blank but just to know that there are more people out there that have overthought everything and are like I can't go to counseling I can't go mm-hmm. to a therapist no 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 you can and there are a lot of people that are doing that and just not talking about it yeah. and if you really want to change your life if you really want to not wake up and say is this really how I'm supposed to think the rest of my life then you have to take some action yeah. and you have to be brave enough to say I don't know how to fix this I know that there's somebody out there that, you know, God's given, you know, way more expertise in that mm-hmm. area and I'm going to go for them, to them and help see if they can help me mm-hmm. change this. Yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of simple things, mm-hmm. like simple approaches that are done over and over and over again with repetition is what changes the way your brain works. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, so where can our followers find this journal? Where can they get it and follow you? Um, so I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Andrea Robinson TV. Um, and the journal, you can just go right to our website, Andrea Andrea Robinson uh, TV.com. Okay. It's simple there. And you can, and you can even um, download the seven days of it for free just to see if it's like your oh, thing. Okay. Oh, that's and that's nice. just Andrea Robinson TV.com slash love. Um, because I love this so much that I am one of those people that I'm like not gonna just jump on and buy something because if it's not for me, it's not for me. Yeah. But sometimes you have to like test the water, so yeah. you can totally just get you know seven days for free brought to you in your inbox, or you can really take that big step and say, hey, I really want to try this. Yeah. And again, there's a huge community of women that um, I've realized. There's a bigger community of women, and I think that your audience um, and my I, I think all we're we're all so much alike. Yeah, yeah. Like we just need to reaffirm each other yeah. and say, "Hey, sis, you're not alone." Like, I want our followers together. to follow you. So I love your stories. You're so real and raw on your stories. Like the other day, you had your <laughs> towel on your head. Oh, <laughs> I did. 
<laughs> yeah, I, play, I, I missed that one. I didn't it. plan that out really well, and I had taken a shower at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Oops. Um, and the bus was coming, yes. and I had to go pick up the kids at the bus stop, and I was like, "Well, towel." Guess I'm going like this. Yeah. Towel and uh, a robe. Well, that's just that's, what we're gonna that's do. That's real, you know. It's a great way to embarrass your kids. I was just thinking that. Yeah, I'm holding on to that over and over again. The next time that they act up, they're getting me in a bathroom. Yeah. We're gonna turn you into a meme. Seriously. What is but, your what is your like number one piece of advice for moms too? People always want to know like our advice. So what's your advice if you had to say one thing for moms that are struggling right now? Um, you are absolutely not alone. I know you feel like you're alone. I know you feel like you're doing it wrong. You feel like everybody else has it figured out. Mm-hmm. Not one person has it figured out. We try things that work, right, for a while, Mm -hmm. but none of us know exactly how to do this. And I just want everybody to know, don't look at her and say, I wish I could be more like her because she's got it all together. Because you don't know Mm -hmm. what's going on behind closed doors, that she's sitting in her closet crying and feels alone as well. And I just challenge, like, us as moms, like, we are, we get this, like, one shot at this earthly life, and all we are asked to do is to love each other the best we can. You can't love your fellow mom, your fellow mm-hmm. sister, if you don't love yourself. And it takes some some serious work. Mm-hmm. But to like truly realize that we all are in this together and the more honest you can share like your heart and the more vulnerable you can be, you will attract people that you need in your life and they need you as well. And so you just, you, you don't have to have it figured out. Every day you just have to wake up and say, I'm going to show up as best I can today. My best version today might not be the best tomorrow. Yeah, but yep. today I'm going to try really hard and I'm going to remind myself that her next to me and her next to me, she doesn't know what she's doing no, either. No, we say uh, our meme. Uh, parenthood is 50% Googling and 50% winging it. <laughs> it's so everyone. true. It's everyone. Everyone. Yeah. everyone. And um, so, yeah, I think we're just, we're all in it together. Yeah. I really just hope that more women would buy into that. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And I think it's going there. I think it, I, I feel like it yeah, is too. I feel positive about I the future. I totally do. I think it's slowly getting there. With the social media thing, we say there's two sides. You yeah. know, there are like the beautiful accounts of perfection, but there's also a lot of people coming forward saying, no, this is real life. This mm-hmm. is in your, that's like our accounts and your account. People are going to see, oh, okay, this is normal. And so it's there's positives too. Like, I think why you guys have built this beautiful, strong community because you've only approached it that way and your voice, like, we, I need it. Mm-hmm. We need it. I need other moms like you to just tell me, like, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah, and we all need Yeah. Uh, that's why we have our group, too, on Facebook, Mom Worthy Mamas. That's been great for other moms. They'll come to yeah. us with questions. We're like, yeah. honestly, go ask in the group. There's other moms are probably going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And usually that's the case. Have, you know, 100 comments from people saying, yep, I've gone through this. So. Yeah, and being that resource yeah. for yeah. them is such a gift. That way they don't just talk to us, but they can talk to each other. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we want, right? Yeah. Yep. If they're Don't following us, they're other. like-minded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for coming today. We really enjoyed this Thank you for having me. And I'm excited me. about the journal. I, I hope you love it, but I appreciate both of you and what you're doing. Well, we appreciate you. you. Shining souls, and we need more of you. We'll have to have you back on. I would love that. <laughs> returning guest. You tell sure. me when. And, and, and next time we'll have done your journal. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you. Bye.